Hi there, I'm Kathy Valentin, and this is the Good, the God, and the Ugly podcast, where we're talking about the good, the God, and the ugly moments of life. Life is just full of ups and downs, but there's a treasure to be found in every challenge. Join me as I talk with people that have impacted my life, those who have found a treasure in a challenge, or whom simply I just love and want you to meet. Hi, everyone. I'd like to introduce Jason, my son, to my podcast. And Jason is um, not only my son, but he is a husband, he's a dad, and he's a pastor at Bethel Church. And most important, he's the one that takes me hunting and fishing. Yes, I am. You can't forget that. (laughs) Nope, I would never forget that. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun to be on here with you, Mom. Oh, thanks, son. This is a long time coming, and it's a real special opportunity. I know. What a great time in your life. I know. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, you just finished your book. Yeah. In fact, I think it's coming in two days Ooh. to me. So by the time people hear this podcast, the book will be out. Yeah. That's awesome. Not available to them yet, though. They're going to have to wait until <coughs> April 6th. Ooh, I can't wait. I know. You worked so hard to to write that book, Mom. You spent so much time. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, it was something that I never, ever thought that would you know, happen. I Mm. thought it was kind of a pipe dream. Mm -hmm. Writing has been your dad's thing, not my thing. Right. But I just felt like, you know, my grandmother died when she was almost 102. And there was so many things about her life that I never really knew. Yeah. And I thought, what a better way to leave a legacy than to, you know, do it in print. I know. Be able to capture moments. And And you've had a lot of moments. (laughs) <laughs> We've had a lot of moments. We've had a lot of moments. Yeah. Raising your kids was just amazing. What was, it, what was it like to raise me? Well, you were so much different than the girls. Because I'm a, more than just for the things. listeners, it's because I'm a boy. <laughs> Male, man. I don't know. Your daughter can keep up with you, Riley. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. It just, um, you know, you were so different than the girls, and you were pretty much a pretty, pretty much equal between your father and I. Mm. A split down the middle. Split down the middle. Yeah. You've always had your dad's drive. Mm -hmm. You've had my compassion, tender heart. Yep. Had my love for the outdoors. Yep. Dad never got that. No. I think it jumped a generation. So um, you were always the adventurous one. Mm-hmm. You were one that didn't like rules. Yeah. You didn't like school. No. Nope. You were the one that reminded me of a boy 100 years ago that only dreamed of hunting and fishing. and. That would be the ideal life. <laughs> that would. So I can remember going to open house and you're looking at your desk and opening it up and everything that you owned was stuffed inside of it. <laughs> All the papers that you never turned in. Yeah. You were not interested in school where the girls were. They were really interested yeah. in school. Yeah. But for you, you had different love and different interests and it all, you know, revolved around I liked, outside. I like the adventures of life. I like adventures of life, but not... Not the scary adventures of life. Hey, you did pretty good recently. Yeah. 
you uh, we went out hunting, and uh, you went to Wyoming. So for everyone who doesn't know, Mom, you and I went to Wyoming and uh, hiked hiked around some, but mostly rode on the back of a horse, which is amazing. Uh huh. And you killed a really nice cow elk. So that meat, it's going to be awesome. 554 yards in three-foot snow drifts. I know, times. yeah. You did great. Zero you, degrees weather. So so much fun. Huh. I know there's a lot of um, listeners that have young boys or even, a, even adult sons. What do you think some keys were to raising boys? Oh, goodness. I think, you know, we had two boys that we raised. Our oldest was adopted at 15, so we didn't have him from the time he was born. But raising boys is completely different than, you know, girls. Their emotions Mm -hmm. are different. Mm -hmm. Their needs are different. Their desires, their interests, everything is just so different. And I really really bonded with you guys a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of wanted to be in the middle of everything that you guys were doing. I don't know if that was good or bad, but I felt like it was my job just to raise you boys up to um, know what it would be to look for a girl mm. that would soon be your wife. wanted to set a good example for you. wanted to make sure that you were looking for the love of your life in all the right places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and Dad created a really good culture um, <clears throat> Just in the house, we were able to ask any question we wanted to. Um, we talked a lot about girls and yeah. sex, and um, even even while dating, I I was able to really open up. I mean, our house was like this place where we could open up and talk about anything. Was that something that you and Dad did intentionally, or is that just who you are? I think it's definitely who your dad is. Mm-hmm. I think it was more intentional for him. For me, it was like, okay, I'm going along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> Our house was, you know, not a house that was op- that openly talked about mm-hmm. sex and that kind of stuff. When, when you grew up. When I, yeah, when I grew up. So for you kids, I wanted to make sure that, you know, we were covering those, those that you know, the basis there. And mm-hmm. you were dating pretty young. The girls were... Yeah, I started dating when I was, uh, well, 16. yeah, 16, which is probably young for some people, but maybe not in today's day and age. I don't really know. Yeah. Hopefully Edie doesn't date till she's 20. Oh, I'm sure it'll be a lot older than that. Yeah, maybe 25. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember when I was, when I was struggling, um, I was 14, and I was struggling with pornography. And I think you'll probably remember this, but... Um, I'd had quite a few talks with dad about it and it had gone on for about a year. And I remember one night dad saying, well, dad was saying, you really should talk to the family about your struggle. And I don't know about, I mean, for most people talking about pornography and masturbation in front of your sisters, for starters. So I'm the youngest. And so talking about it in front of your sisters, Carrie, there's a lot of fear of being misunderstood. There's a lot of shame there. And when I remember just being so desperate and telling dad, like, I'm struggling. 
And he said, you know, what do you think about telling the family? And I just told him, like, well, do you think it'll help? And he said, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. So I remember sitting in a chair and dad sitting next to me. We were in the living room. This is at least my memory. It could have been totally different room. But sitting in the living room and just opening up and sharing that I had been struggling. I don't actually remember how much I even shared. <clears throat> but I do remember you and the girls loving on me mm-hmm. and praying for me that night. And when I talk about getting free from pornography, that's to me was like the catalyst. That was like the tipping point. I had been on a journey and, you know, being open with dad and honest with myself, honest with God, but I hadn't, wasn't able to actually confront it or to get over it in my life until I was able to bring it to the whole family. And I think that one of the keys to raising healthy men is being able to embrace all the stuff that we are going to face in this life. And you and dad did such a great job at creating a space because you guys talked about it. Uh, I think a lot of parents are good with their kids sharing hard stuff, but they don't ever share hard stuff Mm -hmm. in their life. And they don't really model that. Mm -hmm. Do you remember, uh, do you remember that time for me at all? I do. I remember bits and pieces of it. Um, I remember things that you're going through and helping you to, make it through that you know that um era of time you know moving out of taking the tv or your computer out of your room yeah you know making sure that you succeeded and didn't fail yeah as a family you know there's a lot of things that we can't make it through on ourselves by ourselves right but bringing in our family there's you know there's nothing that we can't do with our family it's true and i just always thought it was really awesome you know each I don't know, it seems like a lot of times we think that this generation is isolated to this particular problem. Right. When it comes to sex and all that, there hasn't been a generation that hasn't been affected by it. Right. And so being able to you know, talk to you kids about it was really important and making it like it wasn't taboo because mm-hmm. for so many houses, it's just like that. The, you know, the sex word isn't ever used. Right. And the the kids feel like, oh, I'm something's wrong with me because I'm having these right. feelings. And if they don't have their parents to talk to, right. it's super, it's just a super bummer because they, they, need, they need their mom, they need their dad to talk to. It's Not true. Not just uh, the boy next door that's going through things of his own and mm-hmm. gets all twisted and weirded out. But having you know your family, I, I just think your dad was so open. I mean, he still is to this day. <laughs> he started Moral Revolution. Yeah. But I think it was really healthy. We had, I can remember having tons of your friends over, your boyfriends over. Guy friends, Mom. Guy, oh, sorry. Guy friends, not boyfriends. Guy friends over into the family room, and your dad's sitting around talking to you guys about sex and answering questions. Yeah. It was really good. It was. Um, I was thinking back to... Sorry, I lost my train of thought. You'll have to edit, edit that. Um, where did I want to go? I had a place I was going. Talking about sex? No, Guy friends I'm just going to transition. Oh. Is it on the paper? Oh, yeah, okay. 
um, I was thinking back to my childhood recently, and I, I probably just this time of my life, I've revisited a lot of memories and moments and, and raising kids and it probably, it brings you back a lot. Like, well, what do my parents do? Um, even teaching emotional health a lot. Now I, I think of myself in terms of body, soul, and spirit. And if I'm going to be a healthy man, then I have to be healthy body, soul, and spirit. And one of the things that was very unique, I feel like, to my upbringing was my experience or my exposure to the supernatural, Mm -hmm. to the spiritual side Mm -hmm. of life. And I feel like, of course, growing up in a home like that, I didn't know that it was abnormal. Abnormal. Yeah. Um, but even habitual, small habitual things, like if I was to ever go into the bedroom when it was late at night, I knew dad was, would be, he'd either have his Bible next to him cause he was already asleep or he'd be reading it. Mm-hmm. And dad never really paraded that around. Like I didn't, I don't ever remember watching dad read like in the middle of the living room so that we would, it wasn't like this religious thing, but dad had such a value for reading and the Bible and then spirituality. And I remember um, like you'd be playing the piano downstairs and practicing uh, worship songs. And um, you guys just had, such a value for spirituality. You taught us the prophetic. Mm-hmm. We had home groups every week. There's home group at the house youth from a group. young age. Youth yeah, group. Youth group for years. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just feel like such a rich man today because my experiences in God literally go back to when I was four, five. I mean, these things that I can recall from a demon being cast out of a person to mm-hmm. um, just like, oh, talking about dreams. I remember having dreams when I was a young kid. And even in high school, I remember having dreams that were given to us from God. I had a whole season of dreams. And like one of the places that that um, we moved our parts store to in Weaverville happened because of a dream that I had. Mm. And I don't even know that you'd know that. but No, I don't. Yeah. Uh, when we moved it from, I don't even Nugget remember. Nugget Lane. Yeah, the Nugget Lane to where the Ace Hardware, Hardware was. Yeah. Yeah, I had had a dream the night before. Somebody else had had that. Really? Yeah, somebody else had um, made a commitment to that building. So dad couldn't get it. And I called him that morning. I said, hey, I had a dream. I was on my way to high school. And I said, hey, I had a dream last night that we got the Ace Hardware building. Well, when I got home later on that day, he said that guy backed out and we got it. I never knew that. Yeah. I didn't remember that. Yeah. That's amazing. But just my early years were are just chocked full of these milestones, this history, this deep, rich history with yeah. God. But you guys really sewed that into us. Well, I'm just curious, like, was that the way that you and Dad designed it? I mean... I don't think... I don't think we consciously designed something or set something yeah. like that. It's just we had such a love for God and for his people. Yeah. And the just that was a different season of mm-hmm. life, you know. We had transients that would show up in our house cuz Tracy <laughs> would bring them home. Yeah. 
We had demon-possessed people. Yeah. We had wild and crazy. Some we people, did. Some people would call it ugly. Yep. But we never hid, you know, we never kept you kids from any of it. Yeah. You know, you were, you grew up sleeping on the church floor, mm-hmm. meetings after meetings after meetings, and you guys yeah. loved it because you had all your friends to play with. It's true. And we just, we never hid, we just never hid anything from you, you know, when it came to watching somebody get delivered from a demon. Mm-hmm. Remember that one kid, I won't say his name, but he was howling out in front of the house. Yeah, oh, yeah. Down the road. No, for sure. Yeah. And I remember Danny Silk, <laughs> he had just gotten saved, and he was on the uh, front porch. He goes, this is awesome. This is just <laughs> like the book of Acts. And it was, you know, you know, there was never a dull moment around there. Um, we protected you. We never mm-hmm. let you get in harm's way or anything. Right. Um, we didn't keep you guys from experiencing the presence of God on both the demonic side and the supernatural yeah. side. I feel like that's a key for parents, new parents. Uh, you know, a lot of people didn't grow up in a home like I grew up in. They didn't grow up in a home where they go, okay, what, what is our spiritual life going to look like? And I, I feel like we do that a lot with food, you know. Um, you grow up in a home, and especially our generations, I feel like way more conscious about what we put into our bodies. Oh, yeah. and. And how much we exercise and um, the, what we say with, you know, especially in culture right now, a lot, you know, we're very conscious about what we say and what we talk about. But a lot of people weren't raised in a home where they were taught, what does it look like to thrive spiritually? Mm-hmm. And for if you're out there and you're thinking like, man, what does it look like? You know, modeling just the simple things, praying together, but praying and believing. Um not yeah. just praying at dinner, but praying and believing. You guys did great. Well, with everything that we went through, I mean, we lost our businesses. We lost mm-hmm. our cars. We yep. lost our house. Yeah. We lost everything. So you guys, you know, and we never kept that from you kids either. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you saw it all. But you also saw us on, you know, down on our knees praying. It's you true. You saw us on our bed crying. You saw us on our bread, on our bed, you know, just praying to God, what are you going to do? What do you want us to do? Mm-hmm. What, what's, you know, should we bail should we yeah persevere what should what should we do yeah and so you i mean that was just the norm you guys were raised with that you saw the good times you saw the bad times it's true and we made it through as a family and we grew stronger because of it one of the things that i remember along the same lines um with uh with both you guys is saying do i have to go to church this week oh <laughs> you get to <laughs> <laughs> and dad yeah, would always say no line. you don't have to go and i'd be like yes he'd say you get to i know and I remember a specific point in my life where uh, I came home and I didn't want to go to youth group. I remember I was like, that. Gosh, dang, man, youth group is so boring. And it's just, ugh. so I remember sitting down with dad and saying, Hey, I, I don't want to go to youth group. And he said, How come? I said, Oh, I knew I had to like convince him, you know, because this is not going to be easy. I'm talking to my dad about, not wanting to go to youth group. So I said, oh, it's, it's really boring. Dad hates boring. It's really, you know, youth group's really boring. The worship's bad. <laughs> um, Non-Christians are coming in. Transients are coming in, which is true. Like we had this crazy guy that would come in and stand inside the youth group. And kids are talking. And my dad looked at me and he said, oh, it sounds like you're going for yourself. I think I was 11 or 12 years old. 
And I'm thinking that he's saying, that's a good thing. And I was like, I think you're right, Dad. I think I am going for myself. And he, I remember him looking at me and saying, son, that's the lowest level of living for a believer, is when you, when you live for yourself, that's the lowest level of living. Mm-hmm. And then, so like I was crushed. I remember, I mean, this must have been like a big moment in my life, because I remember feeling so crushed. And he said to me, son, look at me in my eyes which dad has these like piercing, convicting (laughs) eyes. He said, people need what you have. They need what you have. Yeah, so good. When you go to youth group, I want you to find someone who needs counseling, someone who needs help. That's where I learned how to counsel. People ask me all the time. I was. Because both you and dad saw what my gift was, Uh saw what the Lord had given to me, and then made me responsible at a young age to carry that. And I tell people, when I tell that story, I say that was the last time in my life that I can remember ever going to church for myself. Wow. Literally. Like, I've had seasons, right, my nervous breakdown or through my divorce where I thought, I need to get something. You know, I need to get something today. I'm going to church, going to get prayer. But for the most part, my life, because of how you guys raised me, I just, the culture in our home was... You don't, you don't go to get something. You go to pour yourself out. And I found a love for, a genuine love for God because I was using my gifts with God. I found a love for the church, even though I hate it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I found, a, I found at a young age what I'm responsible for in the kingdom, even if I would never, ever step foot in the church again, I know what my job is as a human being <clears throat> when it comes to loving on people. So, and oh, you've been that way since you were, I mean, I don't even know if you'll remember the story, but ever mm-hmm. since you were really little, I can remember you worked around the house for mm-hmm. some allowance. Yeah. Do you remember this? And I gave yeah. you a dollar. And... We went to the store, we went to the grocery store first, and you were holding that dollar, and I kept saying, put it in your pocket so you don't lose it. <laughs> you kept waving it around and went down an aisle, and there was a little, probably two-year-old that mm. was sitting in the grocery basket and kept looking and looking and looking at that dollar. And you went over to that little child and mm-hmm. said, do you want this dollar? And, of course, the little boy took it, and the mom was frantic. She's like, no, 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 give that back. And I said... Hey, if he he's worked all day for this yep. dollar, if he wants to give this dollar away, that's what he wants to do with it. And I was so I was so touched at that. I thought, yes, all this yeah, all this raising in in the yeah Christian home was so worth it. Just to see you self, you know, selfless heart giving yeah. something to another child. Yeah, and you didn't have to. I mean, most of the time they would have grabbed it back and <laughs> ran out of the store, but you were so thoughtful and so caring and you've always been that way Mm. yeah i think when it growing up in a home where your needs are met emotionally mentally Mm -hmm. physically spiritually lends itself to a generous life yeah and i feel like you know people are generous people kids are are good kids um, when their needs are met and i had that because of you guys and i think that that's the opportunity that that we all have as parents, right, is to maybe sit down and, and stop and think, okay, what does it look like to raise 
my kids in a, in a generous environment. Well, it starts with raising them generously with emotions. And, right. It has uh, very little to do with money. Yeah. And doing that with our spirituality and doing that with, mm-hmm. you know, the, the affection. Right. Um, you guys were just so good at, at those areas. And there were areas that you weren't super good at, which maybe we should talk about some of those areas. Um, but as far as being there, you know, when I look back and raising Edie again today, I just think like those are even some some areas that I focus on today. It's like, okay, does she is she affirmed? Does she know that she's cared for? Yeah. Do do I um, correct her behavior or do I correct her heart? You right. know, and you guys did such a good job at loving us and raising us in community and in God without it being this huge burden and community was a real big, you know, thing. Cause for us, for your dad and I, I mean, we were kids that were having kids. Yeah. You know, I got married at 17 and had all of you guys by the time I was 22. And Mm -hmm. it, you know, I was learning as we, as we went having a community around really, really helped and you being an older father now with Edie because mm-hmm. it's almost like round two it is round two it's round five <laughs> it's round, <laughs> round four so it's amazing yeah. the difference um the way you see yeah child rearing through mm-hmm. an older eyes you know we get to do it all over again with the grandkids yeah which has been really fun I um I remember <clears throat> you and dad getting into an argument, which let me preface this by saying the reason why I remember this is because it hardly ever happened. It was an event. <laughs> because you, mom, are so easy to live with. There we go. Now we can move forward. Thank you. You're so easy to live with. <laughs> yeah. Such a, a high-pleasing person. Um, but I remember, I remember you and dad getting into an argument, dad being a little bit rude to you leaving getting in the car, and I, I probably was 14, 13 or 14, you drive into the park, and we were all like, all of us kids were like, uh-huh. oh, geez. There wasn't screaming that. and yelling. It was just it was just a hard conversation. You left, and Dad left, and he went and found you at the park, whatever. You came home. Let me he, tell the rest of that story. Uh, okay, you can. That we had a... I, told you already we adopted our oldest son when he was 15 Mm -hmm. and for the first year of his life with us it was pretty much grace lots of grace and which was hard on the rest of you three kids Mm -hmm. but he was at a place in his life where he needed that and then all of a sudden the day came where the grace was lifting and your dad was trying to make him into a man (laughs) gradually although I didn't think it was so gradual at the time and he, I felt as a mom, I felt like he was pushing him or like he should have given him more grace. And, mm-hmm. and, and your dad's like, no, the, the year of grace is over with. And now he needs, there's things he, he needs to learn that he should have learned when he was really young, but he didn't. Yeah. So there was this conflict between us. And I like, my heart was crushed and it was melting because of the emotions I was feeling. And here your dad was trying to do something great on his side. And I just walked out. I was so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I went, I slammed the door. That's I never, their big I fight. never slammed the door. No, I never heard you I slam the door. I slammed the door. Well, it wasn't 
too hard, but for me, I slammed the door. I got into the car, driving down our hill, crying, thinking, what the heck am I doing? (laughs) Driving around this little town of Weaverville, and I'm thinking, what did I just do? I can't believe I just walked out. So I thought, thought, I've got to park someplace where he's going to find me, because if he can't find me, he's going to panic. And sure enough, I thought, well, I'll park at the park in the, the parking yep. spots out right out front. And sure enough, about 10 minutes later. There he was. There he was. All you kids were <clears> with <throat> him, and he was. <laughs> and I, oh, it was, it, was a sad, it was a sad night. But I think the thing that I learned about that was that instead of being united on how we were going to raise, mm-hmm. not so much the, the, the other three of you, but just dealing with Gene at this particular time. Yeah. I was actually undoing what your father was trying to do yeah. by not being united yeah. in our honor front with him. And so we had to come to a compromise. He understood my heart and why I was pulling mm-hmm. so far right. And I understood his heart, why he was pulling so hard far left. Yeah. But there comes a point with you know, raising kids that you have to be united. Mm-hmm. If you're not, the kids will play you. Yeah, and, and mostly we just don't respect respect it because there it's not consistent and it's scary Mm -hmm. so the kids are trying to find a sense of um you know stability and i think looking back on those times i can think of other times when dad had um been rude to you not very often but i remember him gathering us kids together and apologizing to all of us and one of the things that dad says a lot is repentance restores the standard Mm -hmm. And you guys did a great job. You know, I just had great parents. I just keep feeling like I'm saying that. But you guys did a great job at when you make a mistake, you own it. Yeah. You don't make another mistake by making an excuse. Or, yeah. you know, if, the, if mom wasn't doing good, dad owned that, you know. And he was like, oh, mom's having a hard time. He just created this sense of stability. And, yeah. and uh, you guys really brought peace to a chaotic world. And I think for us young parents... Um, this world, there's a lot of chaos in this world. And by being open and honest and trustworthy, you know, you guys did such a great job at raising kids that could handle the real world. I, when I look at it, it's like high school didn't prepare me for the real world. (laughs) Um, Grade school didn't prepare me for the real world. My family did. And, it's so encouraging to me today, uh, again, just starting over raising Edie. It's so encouraging to me to start over and, and realize, like, okay, I get to give her all these gifts, the spiritual connection, the emotional connection, mm-hmm. the mental health and well-being, and bring her into a family that promotes that. And so I just want to encourage anybody who's listening today that if you're in a, a place where Maybe you didn't get that as a child. Like you get to give that to your kids, whether you're 10 years in the raising kids or two years in the raising kids, you get there's, it's not too late to start. And um, my parents did such a great job at not making a religion out of our belief system and not making it um, unfun, but you guys just did a great job exploring with us in the areas of God and exploring in our emotional health and mental health that, um, that's really what set me up for life. And so knowing that we all have the, that ability and that gift to give our kids is exciting. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, sure is. Well, thank you so much for all the... You're welcome, Mama. Compliments. I love you. I love you, too. You're a son that every mom wishes they had. Mm. But I'm yours. You are. So thanks again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will do more next week.